The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast, featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. How many RPMs would it take for the Julio Copter to actually fly away, and how many fumbles would happen as a result? <laughs> well... That's a trick question because you can only fumble once. If you're not having fun when your team is 11 and 2 and <laughs> back to back division titles for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching. And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Dave's back from vacation from Alaska. I'm back from a vacation from Seattle, back to the impre- oppressive mind, body, soul-crushing heat that is Houston and New Orleans. Uh, Dave, it's good to have you back. You were gone for two weeks. How was Alaska? Dave, are you there? That, that good, huh? That good? <laughs> Uh, no, today, the weather in New Orleans today was nice, actually. We have like a little bit of a cold front moving through, so it was unseasonably um, low humidity. So today was nice. But in Alaska, was about as warm as it is in New Orleans today, which was – I was kind of annoyed. It's like I, I didn't go fucking 3,000 miles to the <laughs> – way more to the nor- in the northern hemisphere uh, in the summer – I, I, I'm trying to get away from the heat of New Orleans. I wanted one week of not oppressive heat, and I'm in Alaska, and they're, like, setting record temperatures in Juneau and Skagway. It's like I'm wearing shorts. I, I only packed one pair of shorts, so I have to wear the same pair of shorts for a week uh, because I only have pants. Uh, I was annoyed. I was pretty pissed off. I was in Seattle, and uh, I went to Mount Rainier, and we went to the to like not the top, but like a visiting center, which is you know pretty high up the mountains, the Henry Jackson Visitor Center, whatever. And I saw the most exotic creature that I have seen in like a decade. They had a payphone <laughs> at at the visitor center, <laughs> and I was like, because you know you're in the middle of nowhere, right? Your cell phone it has no service, right? So like a payphone, and and like. Literally, like people, like kids were coming in, and like at least like four or five of them were like, "Mommy, what is that? Daddy, what is that?" Like they, like they were like, "Oh my God, what is this exotic thing mounted on the wall?" It was quite uh, instructive. So, uh, 
before we get to the last time either of us used a payphone, Dave, are you going to tell the people about where they need to gamble? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, since we started the show, Ralph has always been asked. He always gets asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on, who to bet with. And Ralph usually doesn't always know who's going to win. In fact, he probably never really knows who's going to win. Uh, but he does know where to go. And the answer <laughs> is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us, and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag. Oh, yeah. Mybookie.ag. That's not .com. That's .ag. And use the promo code HAPPY25 when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. Laying down $100? You've now got an extra $50 in play. Booyah! That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Promo code HAPPY25. You play, you win, you get paid. You know, Dave... I mean, I, I, I think Ralph could read that 100 times and it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> I hate you so much, Dave. I hate you so much. I've been reading that ad for like a year. I didn't read it as good. I mean, it could be like Ralph at church reciting the Our Father, and it would not come across that clearly. It would not. I, I think I'm the new ad guy. Yeah. <laughs> what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yes. There we it go. Is. I, I'm I live for the, I live. I live for the moments when you actually use a sound clip, and it makes sense. <laughs> I think a uh, wrong week to quit sniffing glue probably applies yeah, yeah. right now, yeah, too. Yeah. It's like it's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, you would think after a decade of this and, 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 and maybe as long with Dave, you would think I would be at least like a C-plus host, and I just am not. No, that's you not. You're a, you're, you suck at reading ads, but you're a great host. <laughs> it's all part of it. Man, it, all, it, all, it all adds up to C+. Plus. Yeah. Yes. You know, I got I got to win. Oh, by the way, if anybody at the NOLA Press Club listens to the show and you haven't voted yet, vote for me for Sports Column of the Year. I want that award. I will not lie. I want that fucking Press Club award. <laughs> if you listen to the show... Vote for me. I know they're never going to give it to the crippled guy in Houston because they're the Nola Press Awards, but it could happen if you vote for me. So just do it. Is that shame? I'm shameless, but I want the award, man. I just I do. Um, so I would, I would vote for you if I could, Ralph. <laughs> I got nominated for two freaking columns. I just want. I, I don't need to win it like I don't need to win it like multiple times. I just want it fucking once. And then I can mount that shit on my my uh my mantle and I can claim and I can put it in my Twitter bio that Oh, I, it's I, going I, in the intro if you win that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I will I will lord that shit over Eric Polson. I will put it in the WWL contract that they have to introduce me as award-winning columnist Ralph Marlboro henceforth forever. Um, do you do you get like a statue? You could always make sure it's in the background when you're oh, doing the live. You, that's uh, a good idea, Dave. Live might, video. You, you know what I might do if I win? 
I'll get it when I get the ba- if Channel Four decides to have me a bag on the morning show. I will get the backdrop built, and I'll have I'll, I'll like split it down the middle. Half of it'll be the podcast logo, and half of it'll be the Nola. Well, logo. No, no offense to your beautiful son Max, but that's got to become your Twitter pick if you win it. <laughs> Maybe I could I could do my son holding it up. Yeah, there you go. They're adorable. <laughs> ah. But I mean, you know. Uh, that's what I want, and I, I just I want to have it the, the award maybe and have the, the 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 backdrop with the award, or maybe I'll just Dave. You know what I could do? I could do I could do the interview holding the award and petting it like a <laughs> like a cat, like Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> now so... wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Are you like was your article like one of a handful that was not? Yes. Or like anybody can just vote on any article. No, you year. have to like like Channel Four. They they go to me and they're like, "Hey, we want to try to win these awards." And they have different ones. And the, the Nola Press Club a couple of years ago, they said, "Hey, we want to try to win. Tell us your favorite one." So I submitted like the one that Drew Brees won the after he broke the passing record against the Redskins. I submitted the one after they beat the Rams in the regular season and one other one. And two of them got picked uh, for, I think, for two separate awards. And basically, they, they, they call you, – you get nominated, and then they strip it down, and they pick, like, three. So I'm in, like, the final three for two awards, I think. Well, I just, find it anno- I just find it annoying that you just talked about stroking the trophy like a cat. Dave mentions Bigglesworth, <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth. And, and that was the one time your cat could actually make noise on this podcast and it would have been relevant. And yep. they, yep. they meow the whole podcast. And that was like the one time I wanted them to do it <laughs> and they blew it. No that was their one chance. Do I, do I need to get a cat sound effect? Maybe. I, I don't think that, yeah. would be, that would be the definition of redundant. <laughs> I think that's probably like our listeners are like no I, I think you got yeah. that covered. Yeah. So so that, that's Well anyway, so so I didn't know. Okay, so you've got like a legitimate chance of winning one. You've got you're down to the final 3. That's well, let's let's not go crazy. Here. No, let's not go crazy. I got the I finished second last year. I got Oh, the, really? I got second? The, I got yeah, the second out of like 3. So like, you know. Now, is this like second to David Vitter in an election type deal? Or is this like a close second? I don't know. I don't know the vote tally. I know. I know Les East won, and he. It was a good piece that he wrote on Willie Sneed. I got to give it up for him. So, uh, you know, I had no. I he had to actually put effort into it. I just like cobbled a bunch of jokes together. Um, Wait, who are you up against this year? Uh, that's the thing, man. I'm up against people for the Times Picayune. I think people are gonna feel bad for the Picayune because they went out of business, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's, Times Picayune is gonna sweep fucking everything. Yeah, uh, that's like the Nazi movie that always wins. You know yeah, the the, and, and the like. You got <laughs> you, you got like you got like Larry Holder, and Jeff Duncan, and, and like the crypto. Well, I thought you said, it's gonna be a pity party. Yeah, I thought you said you were in the final three though. I am. That's I, I get think, two, I think Duncan and Holder. Yeah, I think that's one oh, of the categories. So like, if I'm you not... lose to Jeff Duncan, I may never speak to you again. <laughs> so yep, I'll play about today. Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. So you you will be just just you're dead, dead to me. You. Why didn't you tell us any of this? Why did Why did we have 
to pry this out of you slowly. <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is, like, the award they announced it's sad. Like, you act like you have other things to talk about on this podcast. I mean, come on, Ralph, crying out loud. <laughs> we, we, we have your trip to Alaska. We have a payphone in a mountain in Seattle. We have lots to talk about, Dave. That's why the, the people – and, like, we'll get to the Saints eventually – uh, and that's what the people come for. I mean, here's the here's the thing that is totally ridiculous. I write a Saints column. I work really hard on it. I post it. I make one joke about Bill Elder's satanic, uh, so special about Satanism on the North Shore in the 80s. My entire fucking Twitter feed today is nothing but people, because Skooks went and found it on YouTube. My entire Twitter feed is nothing but satanic jokes all day no saints <laughs> no nothing just just saints uh satanic jokes but here's my question for both of you if when was the if last you time had the, you if you had the up. option if you had the option to be uh possessed by satan but it guaranteed <laughs> the saints would win the super bowl would you do it like you wouldn't have to give him your soul but he could like have possession of you for like Six months after the football season ended, would you? But the Saints win the Super Bowl. Would you do it, Andrew? Yeah. And I'm talking like not just like ha ha yeah. possession. Like he's gonna rob a bank and do evil things. It's gonna be like The Exorcist. Like your head's gonna be spinning around. You're gonna be spitting out the pea soup. Like the whole nine yards. But but once that's done, do I have to go to jail then? And do I have to? Well, I don't know. It would just suffer it would just... from my mistakes. Well, no, nah, probably not. You probably get off. But you probably have I get to spend. A pass? You probably have to spend. That was, that's like a great least, question because that was going to be my question. You probably have to spend at least like six, eight months in like a mental health facility. Do I get good drugs? Probably. <laughs> also, another good question, Andrew. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, for a Super Bowl, I would have, I would have, I would have probably done twelve months in the institution for a Super Bowl. So, <laughs> I'm getting off easy. Dave, would you uh, be? Would you uh, let Satan possess you to ensure the Saints won a Super Bowl? I think I'm gonna have to draw the line at, uh, at Lucifer. <laughs> Why? Wow! At, at Lucifer possessing my soul for any amount of time. I Terrible think, uh, I think, fan. I think, I think. I think that's where the line might be. Wow! Terrible fan. Terrible fan. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Dave just destroyed our brand. Dave, Dave, you need to uh, turn in your season tickets. <laughs> Can I get my money back? Scoots Sco- no. asks, is the athletic <laughs> is the athletic eligible for Nola Press Club Awards? Yes, Scooks. They are totally eligible. You can go to the website. Wait, is he listening over. live? Yes, I feel I feel awesome, Nate. Is he in Scooks the is, is he in the chat room? Yes, he's, he is. He's oh my couch. god. Skooks is who I aspire to be on Twitter. Like, I feel like he has the perfect amount of followers. Like, not a ton, but, like, almost 6,000. Like, that's where I want to be. I feel like if you get any more than that, it becomes unwieldy and you get a lot of, not, like, too many crazies. I feel like he has, like, the perfect amount of, of Twitter followers. So he's, like, my... my Wait, my I have... I, I want to... I, I want to say something about this because this is funny. And now I have... A, I know that I'm I'm getting through to him or her. I'm, it's a him. We all know it's a him. Yeah, totally. uh, but like I will get, I get like push notifications from Twitter, on my phone, <laughs> and it, and it will be Skooks just recently tweeted this like all the time him, from him and um, from uh, the the Bodhisattva guy. What's his, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, him. Uh, I will get when they tweet something and it like becomes mildly popular. Like I get fucking push notifications on my home screen on my phone. 
saying I need to read this tweet, and it's always it's always a Skooks tweet. You don't uh, know the Bodhisattva, um, Johnny Utah's nemesis? No. What is that? Uh, point Break? <laughs> yes. Yes. Correct. I, mean, I, I, know, I, I know can't Johnny believe Utah. you nailed that. I know Johnny Utah. Well, Bodhisattva is the Patrick Swayze character. No idea. Todd Newberg is, Todd yeah. Newberg is the name I was looking for. Knows about that. Has no fucking idea who Clemenza is. Not a none. So, final thing on Skooks. I respect him because they did a feature <laughs> on him in the Advocate. We got a whole Skooks part of the yeah, show now. He he. They did a feature on him in the Advocate, and he refused to be interviewed by them. If the Advocate called me and wanted to be a feature, I would fly to New Orleans and do a photo shoot for them on my own dime. That's how. That's how. Uh, publicity you'd hungry make, I am. Put makeup on your dead arm. I, w- I would. I'd be, I would put. I'd, I'd put like a. I'd put like one of them sleeve tattoos. I'd get it all. It'd be like a like a giant Florida Lee. Maybe Drew Brees. Maybe Drew Brees's head on my hand. We've got we've got Andrew Platt in the chat saying how Juge is not a regular on ESPN or NFL Network is a travesty. I, I love that our fans uh, are so all in with us that they've be, reached a level of delusion. That They're is, totally totally blinded. I totally love blinded. It. I mean, I love you, you know, guys. One of the one of the cool things last week was as Cat Terrell she announced that she's coming. She left ESPN. She's going to Athletic to cover the Saints. And I tweeted out a poll on the Saints Happy Hour Twitter feed. I said, "What is Cat Terrell's first tough question for Peyton going to be? Is it going to be about the Michael Thomas extension, a rando injury question, or a Jarris Bird update?" <laughs> and 55% of you people voted for Jarris Bird update. And Cat Terrell tweeted that she voted for Jarris Bird. Hashtag bird watching which <laughs> just made me so happy I, I can't even describe it that you people totally immediately got that joke it made it made me so happy it, make, it makes this this show doing it worthwhile hey uh my dad's on the chat now shut do, up do, really do, do you see do you see ralph is uh is uh Comment enjoying, in the chat. Enjoying the koozie. I know he loves. The, <laughs> I know he loves the koozie a lot. Wait, I, send I, me I, the send me the link to the live chat. Now I gotta get on. <laughs> fucking party up in there. It's hopping. The chat is hopping tonight. Yeah, your dad. Oh my gosh. We got my dad. We got Skooks. I mean, yeah. Andrew Platt. We got all the regulars. Man, it's out of control. It, it just goes to show you, know, like, like this is the time of year where. You know, we 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 don't drop as much as we used to in the off season. We we still keep a really good, solid fan base. Of, we we do about five to six thousand listens a, a week in different shows and stuff. But but that goes that stays. But in once the season kicks off, it goes to like nine, ten, eleven, and that's just this week, man. The Saints they they start their rookies are reported that they start practice Friday. Like I think all the people that kind of like drift away after the draft and all they're like coming home and they're they're like oh it's saint season it's time to get going uh so that's why i think the the chat is is really popping uh before we get to the autopsy and review the the the, the playoff games and and what they might mean for 2019 if they tell us anything uh we decided a couple weeks ago we were all going to adopt a udfa uh, for training camp as our UDFA I really nailed children. this. I really nailed this one. And, and we all adopted one. I adopted uh, Devin Ozigbo, the running back from Nebraska. But Andrew, your adopted son is in a little legal peril. The Saints thought he was free and clear, but 
he was at a courtroom in Wyoming, and not only did they, the judge, like, threw out his plea deal, like, she sent him to jail straight a fucking way, yeah. like, in handcuffs. Yeah, you like, don't get to pass go, you don't collect $200. No, you don't get, like, you report <laughs> to jail a week. Like, they took his ass and sent Carl Granderson to county lockup right then and there. So my question to you is... Well, hold on, let's, let's back up for a second. So, for those of you that didn't listen to the previous episodes... The task here was that we were going to adopt a UDFA. A UDFA is an undrafted rookie, and each of us was going to pick one guy, whether we like their name, the position they play, their the history coming into the team. So I picked Curtis Granderson, defensive end out of Wyoming. Uh, the Saints felt comfortable enough with his background to sign him, even though he had this um, sexual misconduct case. And he was set to have trial, and the Saints felt good about it. Well, as Ralph said, they came up with the plea deal, and they gave it to the judge, and the judge looks at it and says, nope, nope, I don't think so. You're going to jail for six months. So my adopted UDFA, <laughs> after being adopted by me, is now in jail and cannot practice with the Saints in training camp uh, because he's behind bars. Somebody tweeted your, that their parenting is called, called into question. Shirt. I said they're going to stash him in a medical redshirt. They're going to fucking stash him in prison. Uh, but in, so, <laughs> so the thing, watch. Jason Champagne says, I hope he took soap on a rope. <laughs> Here's the thing. Nice. Andrew, are you sticking with your new, adopted this son? This be the new NFL trend. Teams are going to start stashing guys in jail. Look, does a, does a mother stop loving her son when he makes a mistake? That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, he's not cut yet, so he's still my adoptive UDFA. I refuse to turn my back on him until he's cut. I will pick a new one once he's cut, but he's not cut yet. So. Uh, they haven't caught him. They put him on the, the, non, the non-football injury list or something. I'm still, I'm still waiting to hear on visitation rights. <laughs> Conjugal visits. Yeah. <laughs> If that doesn't prove how desperate the NFL is for pass rushers, he's in jail, and the Saints have not caught him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, does that make him eligible for the physically unable to perform list? Probably. <laughs> I mean, how can he physically perform if he's incarcerated? What's the injury? Uh, chains orange jumpsuit um so so you're sick dave who was your adopted free agent what are you kidding me you already little forgot jordan. oh yeah little jordan little jordan humphrey yeah you know what so i started doing a little research i did a little research on little jordan and i found uh, some info you know obviously what i was really looking for is why is he called little jordan i i thought for sure you know there'd be an article out there so what I did find was um, apparently when he was born, his older brother wanted his their mother to name him after Michael Jordan. Uh, but I guess you know that was Michael Humphrey would have was too boring, was too plain. So she went with Lil Jordan Humphrey. So I believe the name is after Michael Jordan. So I think I've solved that mystery. <laughs> <sighs> So and I, I and he's got he's you know he's he's got legit potential I think to make the roster. I mean obviously wide wide receiver is probably uh, I think pretty wide open. So 
I mean, he's 6'4", 210, not the fastest guy, but, um, you know, not in prison. Not in prison. He's already uh, he's running, running with the threes, not the I don't know what. Never mind. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. With the Darren Sharpers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's true. See, Darren Sharper could be in prison with this guy and, and giving him some tips while he's in there. So that might help for when he gets out. Ooh. Good point. I may have the advantage here. That's right. That's right. So besides our Adopt a UDFA program, uh, we're debuting a new segment tonight. I didn't – I couldn't find a good audio intro for it at work, so we'll get on that. And if people have a suggestion of what kind of audio or soundbite we should play for it, do do, mention it in the chat, and I'll get on it next week. But Andrew invented this segment. It's it's a thing that he does – with me, uh, in the in our and sometimes in our group chats on uh, text, he calls it not a saint. So Andrew, uh, why don't you uh, start it off for the people? Well, you want me to tell them the guy? Yeah, the guy. Tell them the, the guy. guy. Read the tweet. Yeah. All right. Well, hold on. I got to pull up rap sheet then. So so basically, anytime rap sheet, you know, Ian Rappaport, he'll he'll update us with. Various players that are injured, that were carted off at practice. And, you know, there's usually one a day, it feels like, this time of year. And so, basically, anytime it's a player that's not a saint, I will copy and paste the tweet and text it to Ralph. And then I will quickly tweet, and then I will quickly text not a saint to him. Um, so basically I'm just celebrating every time, you know, something horrible happens and it's not a saints player. Yeah. But today uh, you tweeted, Michael Bennett got injured and you tweeted, Oh yeah. Is, is you tweeted, is, does he play in the NFC South? And I said, <laughs> no. Does he play for the saints? No. Okay. Cool. Not a saint. Not a saint. Uh, I mean, so yeah, it was, a Seahawks defensive lineman Jaron Reed was suspended today for six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Um, he's not a saint. I'll just point oh, that out. Saint. But he's not only is he not a saint, but he plays the Saints in week week three. No, but he he's suspended for the first six games, so I guess he won't be playing that game. So that was a huge win for the Saints. <laughs> um, and then speaking of the NFC South, Michael Bennett. I've always hated that guy. I didn't even realize he played for the Falcons now. Um, but he broke his ankle at practice. Um, apparently, it's not that Michael Bennett. But um, I guess any Michael Bennett will do when it's a Falcons player. <laughs> any not a Michael same. Bennett. Yeah, does he play in the NFC South? Yes, he does. Michael Bennett? He does? Ooh, he does? Does that mean he's a saint? No, it does not. Okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> we are terrible people. We are terrible people. I feel much better. So that's see what's gonna a... ha- what's gonna what's gonna happen is someone's gonna blow out their ACL and I'm gonna have to text you. Oh my god, he's a saint. <laughs> that's horrible. We are horrible people. I hope that if it happens, it's all your fault. But if but if anybody in the chat room has hey, an Skook, idea, Skooks makes a good point. If they're not a saint, they're a satanist. <laughs> <laughs> I would 
Skooks, I was planning to get a lot of work done in the afternoon, and you tweeted the fucking Bill Elder 1989 two-part special investigation on North Shore Satanist, and I watched that shit from beginning to end on YouTube, and I got no work done. And can I say, if you have an hour of time that you just want to completely waste and die hysterically up, watch it. It is amazing. Bill Elder brings the seriousness of Edward R. Murrow to a topic that is just ridiculous. The 80s were wild, man. People were worried that their kids were going to be possessed by Satan. They have phone calls of demonic people. Oh, it's just, it's just, I, I loved it so much. I'm thinking of doing a special Saints Drunk History where, like, me and Skooks, we just watch it and comment on it for an hour. Like, it was just amazing. But, well, you'd probably have to start by saying his name correctly. Skooks? Skooks? There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the ridiculousness of the Actual Saints stuff. The Saints, I think Michael Thomas's contract is going to get done before Friday, but we've been over that. But, but the one thing that I want to talk about, and it's great that Dave is here. Me and Andrew have been talking about, you know, because the NFL Network – on last Thursday and Friday, they played the Eagles game, Saints-Eagles Thursday, and the uh, Rams-Saints on Friday. So, me and Andrew were trying to figure out, what, if anything, do those playoff games tell us? You know, as we get further away from them, you kind of watch, at least the Eagles game, you can watch it, and you don't have as much emotion invested in it, because you know they won, and that sort of thing. But, uh, Dave, did you get a chance, well, you were in Alaska, so you didn't. You probably didn't get to watch any of the games, right? The I did not rewatch. I did not rewatch those games. The only thing I watched was uh, NFL Films. Also had like a thirty-minute highlight special of like the 2018 Saints season. I watched oh that. God. And they, fortunately, they they glossed over very quickly at the end of the uh, NFC Championship. Oh yeah, Roger Goodell's not letting them do all that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. When the Saints, when they went three and thirteen under Ditka, they just like I was watching that the under the two the the the, the nineteen ninety nine Saints yearbook, and they just gloss over everything, and it's like twenty minutes of the Hazlitt Randy Mueller press conference, like the yearbook man. They they don't do anything negative in the yearbook, but um, is there Andrew? Do you think? And we talked about it a little bit this morning on the the podcast, which by the way. $7 a month, you get a podcast every fucking day. You're going to want that, baby, now that Saints season's kicking off. And me and Andrew are going to be doing training camp practice every single day for $7. You're practically, practically giving it away. So, um, but the offensive line, Andrew, it was a mess. And that was, besides the ref fucking them, that was the main reason they didn't win, probably. Is it going to be better, you think, and can you glean anything from the playoff games, or is it just a case of, hey, they'll be healthy, so let's hope they're better? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Max Unger's gone. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us would hear that and say, oh, my God, that's terrible. How could you ever replace him? But really, for the better part of last year, Max Unger was not Max Unger. You know, he, he was not himself, and I would say at times he was really bad. And I, the one thing that really stood out to me in that Eagles game, I tweeted it out 
I was just like, wow, Max Unger is terrible in this game. He just looked bad. And, uh, you know, I'd rewind back to like four or five years ago, uh, you know, basically right after the Jimmy Graham trade, maybe the year or year or two after that. And I remember being at the Greenbrier and I remember seeing them do like one-on-ones, offensive line versus defensive line. And I remember texting with Ralph and just telling him like, man, he's going up against John Jenkins, Akeem Hicks, uh, Tyler Davison, Kendrick uh, Clancy, like all those guys. And he's just destroying all of them. I mean, these were all guys that were in the NFL starters. I mean, in Akeem Hicks's case, ended up becoming a superstar. And Unger just rep after rep was just destroying everyone. And it was very clear at that point how good he was. And, you know, it, it jumped out at me. And then, you know, fast forward to watching these playoff games, and he just really stands out as a huge liability. And I just think, I don't know how good McCoy is going to be his rookie year, but serviceable might be better than Unger at the end. Um, and I mean, obviously he was injured and he retired, you know, so we know now after the fact that he just physically he couldn't and, do it anymore. And this is, this is, this is going to come out mean, but I don't mean it in that way. If Unger hadn't retired and had tried to come back and had looked like he looked in the playoffs, I think he would have pulled a stinch comb and be like, I'm done. I'm done. Because the Saints would have been like, man, you, you can't, you can't do it. I mean, it maybe if he had done surgery and then tried to rehab and all that. Maybe. I mean, I, I think, I think Sean Payton would definitely give him a, a shot at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I think so. He's gone. You, you get McCoy, and now you get Easton. I, I do think the Saints were a little tough with depth. I mean, I, I know we like Will Clapp, and I know we like Cam Tom, but I just don't think the Saints ever really felt like they were in a position where they could start those guys in the playoffs and be successful. Um, and they didn't feel comfortable throwing those guys in. So now I think with Easton kind of being your sixth lineman, I think that's really important because health-wise, we hope Ramchek is young enough that he'll bounce back. But, you know, Andres Pete, Armstead, and Larry Warford, all three of those guys were banged up last year, and their health is not a given. In fact, Warford wasn't even practicing at minicamp, so – you know, Easton may be that right guard to start training camp. So um, I don't know the, the answer, you know, so time, hopefully, you know, they can, some of the soft tissue stuff and some of the stuff they needed surgery for, hopefully that's, that'll be better this year. But um, you know, look, I mean, if you're counting on Armstead to have a fully healthy 16 games, I mean, we've learned over the years, that's probably not prudent. Dave, what of these two scenarios in training camp, is more ridiculous. Saints Twitter arguing that they can't cut little Jordan because he'll never get through waivers or that they need to, <laughs> they need to tra- or that they need to trade Cameron Tom for a fifth round draft pick. Uh, they're both very likely to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, Saints Twitter. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've, I've gotten to know them pretty well. over I've dabbled. I've dabbled over the years. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> um, I think, <laughs> first of all, Lil Jordan would never clear waivers. So uh, 
I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Cameron Tom flipping Cameron Tom for uh what was that a second round pick? Oh no, no, just, <laughs> just oh, a not a second. Oh oh no, he's worth a first. He's worth a first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but look Andrew, at the tape. Those are the bro. Two, look at the tape. Those are the two standard Saints training camp arguments on Saints Twitter, right? Player X will never get through waivers, and what about trading so and so for a draft pick? Which the thing that and crazy, the other team probably is going to throw in a player too. Yeah, right, right, crazy, right. Of course. The crazy thing was though, last year they actually did it when they traded what was his name? They traded somebody to Cleveland that was a UDFA for a seventh round pick. I can't remember his name now. But he was he was awesome in the preseason, and the Saints shipped him out to Cleveland for a draft pick. Which oh, the defensive out. tackle. Yeah. Yeah, they traded him to the Browns. Yeah. So now, oh, like, they'll just up the ridiculousness because they got a seventh round pick for him. Now they'll they'll think you know a second. You know, let's let's trade a UDFA. Let's trade a UDFA and a fourth for Patrick Peterson because he's Devon Lawrence. Yeah. Because he's off six weeks, so we can get it done. Um, Whatever became of him. Yeah, let me look at his. Let me see if he got any stats this year. So, or, or, or if Andrew's the Saints totally fleece them. While Andrew's doing that, I want to do two announcements. He played. He played him in one game. No tackles. No tackles. If you haven't you gotten your me, good you job, to, Saints. Do you need me to read another ad, Ralph? No, but what I need okay. to do is I need to remind people that if you haven't gotten a koozie or you haven't gotten a t-shirt and you need and you're you qualified for one. Uh, DM the, the, the Saints Happy Hour Twitter or slide in our DMs or slide in my messages and Patreon and we'll get it out to you. But I do, uh, Dave, I'm going to read the ad and then people can laugh at me because because we also another sponsor we have is um, SeatGeek. SeatGeek, they have the best app for the secondary ticket market. Uh, red, a red light on their app means it's a bad deal. A yellow light means it's OK deal. A red light. A red light means it's a terrible deal. Uh, they have tickets for baseball, for football, for all your sports, concerts, movies, theater, whatever you need. Uh, SeatGeek has it. Use the code ACAA today. After you download the app, you get $20 off your first purchase. That's ACAA, $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers on them. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets that was so Ra- ralph going back real quick uh one thing i wanted to mention about watching these two playoff games um you know i never really put much thought into watching the rams game again you know i i just uh why do you cut yourself andrew why well, do you cut yourself well at first i i didn't even think about it it just like it wasn't even my radar that i should watch it but then when it was on tv and i had just watched the eagles game then i, I started to get interested in like okay like what are things that I want to look at for them to improve in training camp, et cetera? So I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch this. And so I tweeted it out like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. I'm revisiting the scene of the crime, and I'm watching this Rams game. And I just caught so much heat and harsh reaction on Twitter. Like, it, it I guess I just wasn't expecting how much people are not over this. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. And after I thought about it, you know, fair enough. But it, it just was very clear to me. Most people, most Saints fans, they're just like, they can't even go there. They're, it's still now, like, they're excited for the season to start, 
but they're just like, I will never, ever watch that game. Yeah, I watched it. It, 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 You didn't think, for me, it was kind of cathartic to go back. I mean, it's like a traumatic experience, but you go back and you watch it. I'll tell you what, like really in the first quarter is when I was most angry. Because it's just like, man, I can't believe this. And like, because you know they were up thirteen nothing early. Their chance to close. Yeah, and now was their chance to kind of kill it. And, and like you, you know, you know ass. that horrible thing. Yeah, the Rams start kicking their ass, but you know, like the horrible play is coming at the end. But then, like, all of these opportunities over the course of the game that you start to realize, like, man, they had so many chances to win this. You start to realize, like. You don't look at that play in isolation, in isolation as much because you know it's coming, but then you see all these other plays that could have won the game for them, and they just flat out didn't make them. And I don't know. For me, that was a little bit easier to stomach, uh, especially because I just felt like, man, the offensive line just it just didn't play well. It really in two playoff games in a row, it just are really real. I, mean, I know they were banged up, and that was a big part of it, but it was just. Really disappointing playoff. But Andrew, they still did enough and they did what they needed to do to put themselves in that position to win the game. And they didn't get the call. Yeah. And it could be both. So it can. It can, it can be it can be both yeah i yeah, mean the here, thing is like we'll never know about how they would have done against the patriots we'll never know like i i wonder like would the offensive line have been equally horrible or would two weeks have been enough time for them to maybe heal a little bit um how would they have done against the patriots i mean we'll never know um yeah. but man um, like the defense it what a waste because the defense really in both games um i thought played exceptionally well the one thing besides the besides the referee call that that like dave just said it fucked them and they did enough and they got screwed the other thing the the one play from that game that's not the ref call that will haunt me forever is the throw that drew Brees threw to michael thomas where it was a ground ball like if he Drew Brees does that 99 times out of 100. If he throws it to Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas can literally, yeah. like, dance his way into the end zone. And yeah, that, that's another thing that kind of gets lost is, man, that second half was bad by Brees. Oh, Brees was – Brees was – I, I was don't know. Like if, I don't know if sh- I, my theory is, Dave, in that second half, Drew Brees was like, my shoulder cannot do it. And he lost confidence that he could make the throws physically, and and from there he was just done. Like he just, that's that's my theory on his second half. Nah, you might be reaching. Yeah, I mean, he just looked he looked out of sorts in a way that I really, I mean, I can never recall that. Maybe the first half of the Minnesota playoff game and the first quarter against the San Francisco in 2000, uh, 2011, but I can never really remember Drew Brees being that much out of sorts. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's hard to know if it was, I mean, he really had no time. He had no time. So, like, I would it's, assume hard, it's hard to know if he was beat up or was it was he partially injured? Was it was he totally injured? Was it a little bit of both? So, you know, we'll never know, but I'll put it to you this way. I don't know how much preseason Breeze is going to play. I assume that at some point in the third game, he'll get a quarter in or whatever. Um, but I'll need to see him drop back once, seven-step drop, have a good pocket, clean protection, 
and just kind of fling it down the field. And if he can make a nice play down the field, then I'll, I'll be okay. All right. He's good. He, he's fine. And he'll, he'll, he's ready to go this year. Um, but if I see him kind of flutter that duck for a quarter, you know, when he tries to push it down, because I know he can still do the screens and, I, and the short passes that Kamara and Thomas, I mean, he was doing that fine. I'm talking about when he tried to push the ball down the field and I only need to see him do it once in preseason and I'll feel okay. But like, that's the lasting memory. I watched those two playoff games um, and, and he, he just, he could not push the ball down the field in those games. Andrew Cameron Todd or uh, will clap for half a pole boy, take it or leave it. Somebody asked in the chat room. That's- yeah. But what's the pole boy? Well, I'm not doing look, it for a cat. I'm not doing it for a catfish pool boy. I mean, well, I mean shrimp, are, shrimp. Arno's, Arno's roast beef. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm doing no it. No deal. Yeah, yeah. the it, the peacemaker. I'm all, I'm a big fan of peacemaker. So like that's that's a no brainer for me. Um, but I'm not. You, you can't just say pool boy because I'm not doing it for a catfish pool boy. No, no. Cause, cause it's not worth it. Yeah, and it, catfish pool boys. Eh. Um, so before we get out of here, um, and before we get out of here and get to everybody's questions, by the way, jeans on Rampart, uh, I believe closed just to, uh, Avi St. 55. I think jeans is closed. I think he sold it. I think it's going to be like a Starbucks or something. Oh my if, God. If, if Skooks was still here, I'm, I'm guessing he's not still here. Otherwise I think he would have, he would have jumped in on that and, uh, and shared that news. Yes. New Orleans is going to hell. Uh, so, big podcast announcement. Uh, first of all, we, we changed the tiers of donations a little bit, just in a sense of it used to be that if you wanted a magnet, if you wanted the koozie, you had to sort of you had to donate for a couple of months and qualify. Now, if you donate at three twenty eight, you you get the koozie, which we've been doing for a while. But if you donate at the seven dollar level, the first month you get the koozie and the magnet. Uh, and for everybody that's at $3.28 or above, we have a guy, an artist, and um, let me make sure I, I'm going to probably butcher his name. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, I cannot find. I, uh, oh, good job. I, Good Anthony, job. No, Anthony Wallace. He is an artist. He reached out to me. He Wait, you were you were afraid to mispronounce Anthony Wallace? Well, I no, I was just afraid to get it wrong. Like I, I wanted to double check it. You know, I didn't I want to want to say like his name is his, I didn't want to say like his name is Andrew Watson because I did that on the last joke history with Michael um, Size Love. I kept calling him Michael Size More, and. Hmm. Uh, I can blame the alcohol, but we all know Size that. Love is his, is his porn name. Yeah, I I would have I would have butchered his name completely sober, um, right. but Anthony Wallace. He yeah, Ralph Ralph had a tough time distinguishing distinguishing between Ireland and Australia. <laughs> when I when I asked him, hey, when are you gonna post Nick Knight's? You know, Nick Knight, the guy we met. You know, the Australian. He's like, what are you talking about? I just posted it. I'm like, no, you posted the Irish guy. Oh, like, oh yeah. So, sorry. Nick. It's like Ireland, Australia. They're only like six continents away. Yeah. So, so Anthony did a he did a cool schedule graphic that I'm gonna that every patron at three dollars and twenty eight cents or above is gonna get. It's hysterical. It's awesome. You can use it as a screensaver for your phone, for your laptop, for whatever you want to do with it. It's awesome. Everybody's gonna get that. And Andrew 
is was having a moment where he was sad about not being able to do, to do his grades anymore because he closed off he closed up his blog. But Andrew, tell the people you are gonna be fucking doing your grades this they're week. Coming, they're coming back, baby. They're coming back, and if you donate at ten dollars, you get. Andrew's grades every Monday. It'll be a blog post only for $10 and above patrons where you can read grades for every Saints player and you get early access to the podcast that me and Andrew are going to do Monday morning where he discusses his top five highest graded Saints and lowest five graded Saints. It's going to be spectacular. So do it now. That'll be up later this week for all that. Um, it's just we're going we're to do all kinds of amazing things for this podcast this uh, football season because the Saints are winning the Super Bowl and we want in on it and make your Saints uh, following experience as good as it can be. So now let's get to some questions. Dave, I love this question. Michael Thomas's tweets are getting increasingly weirder. It makes me love him more. What do you make of his tweets? Wait, say that again. Whose tweets? Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Oh, they're getting what? What is he they're saying? They're getting, getting weirder and weirder. Uh, oh. What do you uh, make of, it makes me love him more. What do you make of them? You know who else's tweets got weirder and weirder? Junior Gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is uh, I don't know. Maybe Mike Thomas is bipolar and he hasn't found out yet. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Michael Thomas. He could tw- he could literally tweet out. And his alter ego is the highest paid receiver in the NFL. Boom! <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Thomas could tweet out tonight that he's running for president in 2020 and is gonna make his platform is gonna be making the minimum wage eighty dollars. And I would read that tweet and be like. What does that have? What clues is he giving me about his contract negotiations? Like that's how I. That's what I try to. Every tweet he does, I try to figure out what he's trying to say about where his contract negotiations are. And I know that's weird, but but Andrew, we did that with Bridgewater during free agency, right? Every tweet yeah. he did, we're like, oh, does that mean he's staying? Does it mean he's going? What does it mean? I, I do that with Michael Thomas. So, Andrew, this. Is I don't know. I've I thought Michael Thomas was. Has, was weird on Twitter from the beginning, so I don't know. Call me crazy. By the way, fair point. You gotta be weird to build your brand, though, Dave. You can't just be but, tweeting out pic, cute pictures of your kids in Alaska if you want to build your brand. You gotta get weird. By the way, breaking news: uh, we have our first subscriber for Andrew's grades. It's his dad. His dad. His dad's gonna be signed up for grades. <laughs> Man, Dave, you had me for like a split second. I was like, oh, my God. Did the Saints sign Michael Thomas during the podcast? Uh, John Murphy asks, Andrew, how concerned should we be about the offensive line? Do the offseason moves, have they been enough to make you feel confident again? Uh, no, not necessarily, but it's kind of wait and see. Uh, I, I think, you know, we got to hope McCoy is a hit. McCoy needs to be a hit. Um, and I'm, I'm reasonably confident there. Um, we've got to hope that Easton can be a hit, you know, that he's a valuable backup and at least kind of senio calamete quality. And then you got to hope these guys stay upright, you know, and they, they've had a history of not doing that. So that, that's a little dicey. Now I, it's a new season. They come into camp healthy ish with the possible exception of Warford. 
Um, but, you know, I think there's enough talent that if things go the Saints way, things will be okay. So right now I feel okay about it. Um, but you'll remember in years past when Ralph would do these podcasts where we would say, yeah, this offensive line is good enough. They can absorb one or two injuries. It'll be fine. As long as there's not three injuries. Well, I would argue last year they probably had four injuries. They were just playing on them. But, you know, there's Will Clapp. There's Cameron Tom. You know, I think they've kind of been pushed down the the, the ladder a little bit. But hopefully they they can ascend and improve. And then, you know, Michael Ola is the guy that I actually kind of liked in training camp last year. And so I'm hopeful that he can show something this year also um, and make the team again. But, you know, to me – the offensive line is a question mark. And offensive lines I, in the NFL are trash. And and, and Saints yeah. fans have really been spoiled in a sense of Drew Brees is so good getting the ball out that he hides a lot of the flaws. But most NFL teams are kind of in the position the Saints are now, where, like, one injury, it becomes dicey. Two injuries, fuck them. Like, cause yeah. off, it's, just, it's just for whatever reason – you can say it's the spread in college. I don't know. I'm not a draft expert, but it's it's just suddenly in the last three to four years has become very, very difficult to find good offensive linemen in college and especially tackle. Yeah, they just suck and and it kills you. Uh, Chris Holloway asked, I want to contribute more to the podcast, but I'm attached to the three dollar twenty eight cent troll. What other higher troll amounts can you offer for patrons? I don't know. We, Thirty-two I don't know how dollars. Thirty-two dollars and eight cents, I guess. I guess we could do the we could do the Cam Newton special where if you pay five thousand dollars a month, you can just take over the podcast forever. No, we do have the we do have the special. You are filthy rich tier where if you donate one hundred and fifty dollars a month, you can talk to me once a week during the football season on Skype for for 30 minutes. No one signed up yet. But if you're Who filthy rich and have mon- and if you have money to waste, do it and I will talk to you. You could just you could just have the $150. I don't want to have to talk to you every week. <laughs> My, uh, My said she wants in on that. If, if somebody said, hey, Ralph, did your did your uh, terrible GoFundMe ever get a dollar donation? It got it got it got it got three dollars, but I didn't collect it. So it reverted back. No, that's too bad. It's too bad. My video. You know what's you know what's scary? That video is like maybe one of our top viewed YouTube ones that we've ever had. That's very which, sad. Which it's very sad, which makes me think that I should just do like ranting saints updates on my phone during the year and they would go viral uh let's see uh dave this is from saint patrick with the will the defense continue to be the best unit on the team or will the additions on the offensive line and jared cook allow allow the offense to become the dominant unit next year Uh, no i think probably the defense is probably still going to be uh Probably bailing us out uh, for a few games. Yeah, unfortunately. I think the tables have turned. Times have changed. Andrew, this is not a question from from, uh, 
on Twitter, but I want to ask you this. If I give you this choice, Marcus Davenport can have eight, can have 12 sacks, or you mm. can get playoff Mar- Marshawn Lattimore for 13 games during the year. What do you pick? I know Marshawn Lattimore is going to turn it on when he needs to, so give me the 12 sacks. <laughs> That wasn't where I thought you were going to go. This is from Dylan, who has a blue check mark, and I don't. And just because man, I am an nominated sports writer, and I deserve a blue check mark. I hate you, Dylan. But he says, who scares you more, Dave, Atlanta or Carolina? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Atlanta. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think I think By the way, Carolina's on that uh aren't they on that NFL network show this year? They the Amazon or, Prime show. Oh uh, yeah, the Amazon Prime one, yeah. Yeah. We gotta start watching that. <laughs> uh, do a little recon. Andrew, are the Saints the team Did you did you guys see that about Luke Keekley spilling the beans on everything? No, what was that about? Uh, they they were like on a Skype conversation with Josh Norman you know, just catching up because they were playing the Redskins. And he just goes, hey, guys, is uh, Greg Olson playing this week? And Keekley just goes, nope. <laughs> and Cam, Cam Newton looks at him and he's like, what the hell, man? What, what? And Keekley's like, oh, yeah, that was dumb, huh? Oh, and man. and Josh Norman is just laughing his ass off at him. Uh, Dylan also asked, Andrew, are the Saints the best team in the NFC? If not, who is? Uh, definitely. You know, I think Atlanta to me is the biggest threat. I know they had a lot of injuries last year and and a lot of those guys are back healthy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta bounces back. That's kind of the one team I think at least talent wise, I have my eye on. I still, I'm just not a Jameis Winston believer. I like some of the moves the Bucks made. I love, I love Devin White. Um, I think, you know, the move they made at coach, is is one that kind of surprised me honestly because I just look at that job and I'm surprised Arians would want it. I'm surprised they could get a, to pull a guy like Bruce Arians, but I think that's a great hire for Tampa. But at the end of the day, I'm just not a James Winston believer, so they don't scare me. I still think Carolina's trending downward, um, but Atlanta to me is the biggest threat. But yes, I do still think the Saints are the best. And I believe they win the division. Yeah, I mean, the NFC, I think the team... Schedule's, the schedule's tough, though. I, yeah. This is going to be tougher. The team, the two teams that I have my eye on in the NFC is Philadelphia. I think they could potentially be really good because they were banged up, and their lines are really good, and they showed it in the playoff game, which we discussed a lot onto this podcast. And another team that I have my eye on, just because I think they're variance for what they could be is very wide and that's the bears because defense is like they created so many turnovers and so many sacks that those sort of vary wildly from year to year and their defense could regress and if trubisky doesn't get better they could go from 12 and 4 to like 7 and 9 easily but if like their defense stays close to the same amount of turnovers and like Trubisky made a leap like the Bears could be really good and interesting so I'm keeping my eye on them I don't know what they'll be 
they're a team I have a big question mark about. Um, and the Saints obviously play them, so 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 they're interesting. Uh, one team that I, when my wife, when my wife goes to my wife, my wife, when she goes to Vegas uh, again, I'm gonna have her pound the Dallas Cowboy under because they are mm, fucking. Wait, just not... stop right there. Stop right there. You're gonna have your wife pound the Dallas Cowboy under. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. We're done here. We're done. We're done. Uh. Let's see. Uh, Dylan asked, when are the dues for the Fantasy League? We're still figuring out what we're going to do in the Fantasy League. We'll probably do both. Uh, I just got to figure out what I want to do. It's probably going to be patron only, uh, but I think, like, pretty much everybody in the Fantasy Leagues is a patron anyway, so that doesn't matter. Um, So thanks to everybody for being on the chat room. I think this one – makes me know that officially football is back because the chat room got up to like almost 30 people uh which doesn't seem like a ton but considering the last couple weeks it is it's like triple what we've been having so people are ready for well it's because skooks was there too yeah uh, he bring he brings a crowd yeah he was that everybody was there for skooks (laughs) skooks says have a patron level make it 25 blow 25 just like the falcons did there you go. <laughs> That's why he scooks. That's why he scooks. Um, so that does it. But but last thing, and I mentioned it a little in my WWL column, I, I, and I want both of you to answer. And I'll start with you, Dave. I felt like this off season was probably the longest off season for the Saints since at least. 2011, uh, go or 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 two, I'm sorry, 2000 uh, after the 2011 going into Bounty Gate for 2012. Uh, but at least that off season, you were frustrated about San Francisco, but you had breaking news, which was horrible all the time because of Bounty Gate. I, I think this is the longest, most horrible Saints off season in maybe the Sean Payton era. This is just, it's been interminable, Dave. It just seemed to go on and on forever. That's that's you because I, uh, you know, yeah, obviously the way the season ended was horrible, but I mean, at least first of all, we went deep into the playoffs. So that right there eliminates, you know, a good three or four weeks of, you know, off season for the other 28 teams or 26 teams or whatever, but or 24 teams, whatever. But uh, I, uh, no, I, this wasn't that bad, actually. I, I, I didn't feel that. Maybe it's because I've been so busy and I've got a lot of other things going on in my, uh, in my personal life. Um, oh, well, aren't you special? I didn't say they were, it was all good. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but uh, no, for actually, for the most part, it was all good. But, um, but uh, no, this just, I'm 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 surprised. I kind of feel like it, I can't believe that football is back already. So I'm actually really happy. Andrew, I also also I'll say this too. You know you know what else made the um, the off season feel a little bit shorter was was all the Anthony Davis shit and the Zion oh, that's shit. True. Yeah, it's true. It's you know true. Yeah. that kind of that was that was a lot of entertaining stuff. Uh, you know, in the really dead period to kind of uh, kind of help us along there. So I think that was a big that was that was huge. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but man, I just keep going back to the way these last two postseasons ended. I mean, in any time I talk to a fan of an opposing team, they're acutely aware of it. They're just like, 
how do you keep being a fan after losing like that to the Vikings and losing like that to the Rams? And I think people just say it makes you aware that NFL fans that maybe aren't closely tied to the Saints by any means watch those endings and they're just like, holy shit, that's as bad as it gets for a fan. And it, so, I mean, really, to me, it's the last two years because you, that's how it ends for your team. And then you've got to let it stew on it and just sit on that being the way your season ended for I mean, nine months. I bounced, I bounced back really quick after 2011. And but that you still sense- had the Super Bowl, you, that you're still fresh off the scent of the Super Bowl. Like, I think you were still high from the euphoria and the fumes of winning yeah. a Super Bowl. And, and the thing is, the 2017, like, I, you knew, yes, the Minnesota game was awful and it was a fluke. But my sense of it was, like, they had this awesome draft. I know everybody's coming back and we get to go at it again. So well, yeah, so I, I would say this, though. So I agree, Ralph, but, like, we talked about this, and there was this big argument about which one was worse between the Vikings' loss and the Rams' loss. And I will take this to my grave, contending that the Rams was way worse because it was in the NFC Championship game, and they were one play from yeah. the Super Bowl. Like yeah. if the the, the uh, Vikings got their teeth teeth kicked in in Philadelphia the following week, so you you don't know how the Saints would have done going going to Philly. But what we do know is that they were one player away from the Super Bowl. So in Atlanta, the Rams which they'll in never, Atlanta, which, which yes. they'll never happen again. Even if they yes. win the Super Bowl this year, you know you don't get the you don't get to go to Atlanta and dance all over their grave. And it just felt it, after so, their mayor told us we weren't welcome. I, I, yes, and so you know what? Like I've changed my mind. I agree with Ralph. This was the hardest off season because it really felt like. Peyton Manning's swan song with the Denver Broncos when he won that Super Bowl on the heels of his defense and he didn't really even do anything. Like, it it just felt like this was going to be Breeze's last hurrah and his final moment where he can walk out a Super Bowl champion. I really believed in my heart that that's how it was going to play out. And I have a hard time picturing it happening again. I don't know. Like, Breeze may rejuvenate himself a little bit with a good off season and maybe he looks great in preseason and I'll get refired up again. But I don't know, man. I just felt like they were going to drag that offensive line across the finish line yeah. and it didn't happen. And I don't yeah, know. It, it just, it's been, a, it's been a tough recovery. It's been, a t- it's been tough. Not for Dave. Cause he's a mogul and he's got multiple stores and multiple cities to keep his mind occupied where me and Andrew were just sad all day long. And, Reliving the NFC Championship game over and over again. So for everybody in the chat room, uh, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Uh, if you're not a patron, if you're not a patron, become a patron. Football season is here. We are going to be the place you want to be. We have cool swag out the ass. Do it. It's awesome. So for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who is MIA. Until next week, the bar is closed. At least we're not the Falcons, though. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. 